It's the Key Review with your host, Kenny. On this, our third episode, Kenny chats with music superfan and influencer Matt DeMerchant, who tells us what it's like to be connected to music icons on social media and what he's listening to right now. As per usual, Kenny also shares his Q2 and video of the week. This is Lola, and this is one jam-packed episode. So folks, let's hit it. You mistake my week for kind Try to get inside my mind Take a number, get in line You're not the sharpest in the shed All of the cards are in my deck So play with someone else instead Just thinking about this poison Taking space up in my head And I keep going back for more You're not a friend, you're just a threat Now you got me drinking, drinking Trying to forget Spending all my time rethinking Wishing you, you dropped it It's like I drink the poison Wait for you to die It's like I drink the poison Wait for you to die And hello, 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 and welcome to episode three of the Q Review. Thank you for those who are listening, for coming back, and to anyone who is new, welcome aboard. Um, You just heard a snippet of Poison from Canadian artist Corey Stewart. Those of you from Toronto may be familiar with Corey. If not, I'm sure you're going to become very familiar with him very soon. We'll hear a little bit more from Corey towards the end of the show. And we were very fortunate recently to uh, be able to kind of connect with Corey and uh, do an advanced review of Poison, as well as a feature on some of his uh, his history in the music industry and what he has coming up. So hopefully maybe in the next couple of weeks, we may hear a little bit more from Corey, maybe on this show. But for now, we're just glad to have him uh, on our airwaves. So we have a special guest with us today, Matt Merchant. He is um, actually a young uh, student writer. Uh, he's been doing some writing for us. And uh, he is a what I would kind of refer to as a super fan. He's got some some very key followers out there in the world, especially in the Twitterverse. So welcome to the show, Matt. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, so I kind of mentioned that you're a bit of a super fan. I've known, we've known each other for a few years now. Um, and I really picked up on what you were doing as, as, a, as a young guy um, who's enjoying social media and just how kind of voracious on how you attacked, especially Twitter. And it was primarily music that you were interested in. So is it fair to say you're a bit of a music super fan? I feel like that's my claim to fame. That's, that's what everybody says. Claim to fame. Um, yeah. <laughs> music is kind of where you started. Who was it? Who was like the number one for you? I know who you're going to say probably, but uh, <laughs> for those listeners out there, who was, who was the number one for you that really kind of made you want to connect with music? Well, it started with JLo. Yeah. It started with uh, back in the day when she did On the Floor in 2011. It kind of was like my anthem and I just fell in love with her and her whole uh, work ethic and everything about it and that's what made me start social media was I wanted to be able to connect with her and so I started my Twitter account and that's how I kind of like started connecting with her and it almost happened immediately that I actually did get to connect directly to her which is still when I think back on it an insane thing to have 
happen so quickly. And and for for those of you who, you know, are are three or four listeners out there, hopefully it's more by now, you did make a, a pretty big impact. And it was kind of interesting to kind of watch it unfold as a fan you you know you were always kind of posting you're following everything you're very knowledgeable about her career and, and the music that she's put out there and much like uh, a few other artists and I'll, I'll just read from a slight list of some of those uh, verified accounts on twitter that have picked up on you and has fo- have followed you people like Cher lloyd becky g francesco yates um a little group by the name of the backstreet boys like these are not small artists also jennifer lopez uh, you have um, a big follower in Jennifer Lopez, which is that is kind of shows when the artist recognizes the support from a fan and kind of giving back to a fan in a little way. But when when that kind of message came across that said Jennifer Lopez follows you, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, quite. I can remember the exact minute. It was like eleven fifty five on a Friday night, and I was supposed <laughs> to be in bed. And I was on my screenshot for eternity. I just was like scrolling through my Twitter feed and I had only been on for a few months. So I really wasn't sure how it worked. And I was just tweeting some other fans. And all of a sudden it said, JLo followed you. And I, well, everybody was asleep. So I had to like keep my excitement down to a minimal. And it was just that next morning. I was like, oh my goodness, you'll never believe what just happened last (laughs) night. And at that moment, I didn't even realize how big of a moment it was because I hadn't really been aware of her extensive career I knew her from 2011 on I didn't know that she's been around since 99 running the music industry and being in movies and having these you know clothing lines and perfumes and everything I was like no idea how big of an artist this was until afterwards and that's when I really was like wow how did this happen to me yeah she's 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 a fair-sized artist I, I, I will say <laughs> yeah. um so it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting how Correct me if I'm wrong, that at one point in time, I do believe a happy birthday went out to you from her. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's just crazy. So, because <laughs> you, you think that these people are, are untouchable. And for the most part, they, they kind of are because they're, they're out there. And as to whether or not, um, you know, she's directly always on her phone, it seems as though she is one of those artists that's very in tune with, with her social media account. So that's pretty cool. Along that lines, um, not to... to dump and, and run on Jennifer Lopez. We could talk about her for days. Um, and she is, she's quite a, uh, an icon for the LGBT community. But as, you know, somebody who's a super fan, um, what is it about music for you that, you know, you take a, a away from? And, and what is it that makes you the super fan with, when it comes to music? Well, I think it's, it kind of comes back to the escape of music because you can feel anything through a song. And uh, depending on the artist and depending on the message they want to portray, you can, and some don't even portray the message that you get from a song. It's so, it goes from person to person. And I think for me, uh, music was just the thing that I could connect with where I didn't have to worry about what they thought of me or what the world was going to say about who I was. It was just me with the music and no no noise around it. It was just uh, like a personal relationship, really. That's cool. Um, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, certain artists, I always call it, uh, I, I get the toes 
when people say, you know, you know, what do, is it that you like about uh, a song or music? And it's like, if I'm, if it gets my toes moving, if it makes my toes curl, if I can kind of feel it, I get the tingle. Um, and that's how I know that I'm really connecting with something. And it can be anything from, I'm a big alt rock kid, um, but it can be anything from that to classical to pop. I mean, I, I was a big Belinda Carlisle fan, maybe a closeted fan at one point in time. And then I just decided that I was going to run with my Belinda craze. <laughs> um, but there was something about her voice and, and her music or whatnot that just kind of worked for me at the time. And it was something that I needed in, in the moment. Who, so who are you listening to now? Uh, well, right now, I think everybody's listening to Ariana Grande. But more... She's, well, she's, it's because she's got, I don't know, 87 songs out all at once. She needs to slow <laughs> down. Every single day I'm getting a new notification. Oh, she's got a new song. Out. Oh, better go listen to it. But besides the the obvious bigger names, there's a lot of up and coming. Like right now, I'm I really am loving T. Thomason, who was on the the launch this season. I'm a trans fan. boy from Halifax. Like I just his story. I, I can't get it. I can't get past it. To be quite honest with you, T. I saw T. for the very first time. I don't even know how many years ago it was. Maybe it was uh, nine years ago um, at Music Nova Scotia. I was there with a, a buddy of mine, and we were kind of checking out who was up and coming. And T played, I, I don't know, I think it was a 20-minute set at um, a little tiny um, spot called Rudders in Yarmouth. And we both looked at one another, and we, we both said at the same time, it's like, gonna be a star this is someone who we are going to be watching kind of grow and rise for for years to come and it absolutely happened and what was kind of funny about it that same day later on and i think that t played earlier in the in the evening or, or in the yeah in the early in the evening because they were only 14 at the time I think. Um, so because of the, the establishment, they had to play earlier. Um, but later on that night, another kind of unknown person at the time who is very well known in Canada and, and internationally uh, making a name for themselves, who played uh, was a young artist by the name of Rhea May. Um, and Rhea uh, stole the show. It was unbelievable. So kind of now, here it is nine years later, you're talking about T. Thomason, who at that point in time, nine years ago, you would never even have thought about. I'm sitting watching T play and then Rhea play, and now here we are nine years, ten, ten years later, they are becoming huge names in our country as well as, as in um, in North America and, and internationally so it's pretty cool yeah i actually got to see ria may play here in halifax a couple a couple weeks ago uh early march and uh she had a a guy named matthew v open yeah and i had heard his music on the radio before because he had one like a minor hit and i recognized the name but i just couldn't put my finger on like how do i know this person and when, when he played i was just blown away like my, even i was with my mother and she was like who is this? Like, we need to go find him and like promote him because this is this is the future of uh, you know Canadian music. I was um, I was surprised. I, I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of music, digging through the vaults and trying to find these artists. Um, not to 
you know, establish them as queer artists, but because you, you want to help promote those artists, those indie artists that are out there that are looking for, um, you know, some, some help and some support. And it was only yesterday that I actually came across Matthew V. I think I had known the name or, or I knew it. I knew the music, I knew the song and I didn't put two and two together, but it was only yesterday that I came really into, to understanding the connection and, and who he was. And I was like, I am such an idiot. How did I miss this? But the, it happens. There's so much music out there. And as you kind of mm. delve into it, but so, so T is, is on your radar. Uh, Matthew V is it fair to say yeah, is on your radar? Definitely, his latest single just came out and it's incredible too. Like, but uh, it's not just the the queer artists. There's a couple up and coming. I can't think of their names. One is Ava Max. I don't yeah, you've heard of her. But Sweep of Poison. Yeah, that song is just and she put in another one called So Am I, and it's it's just her ability to connect with like the outcasts of the world because it's not about being that perfect person and it kind of reminds me of lady gaga but in a tamer way tamer way i I would agree with you with that it's not about reminding you of lady gaga music wise or persona wise it's really about approach ava max seems to to be an artist and i she's she's from the uk she's british hopefully i got that right she seems to be an artist who's pretty aware of herself and knows the direction, knows who she is as an artist, and knows the people that she's kind of connecting with. She knows that that layer of fandom that's out there that maybe doesn't necessarily feel like they're being spoken to, and she she leans right into it to make sure that she's connecting with them. She's she's pretty spectacular. Oh yeah, I just recently came across her, and even though she's been a thing for a while now with with her latest singles, but it's just it never really happened to me until I watched the videos and I saw her moving and with the music because I feel like sometimes a video is what makes you be able to connect with an artist and it was that was what it was for me with her well speaking about that speaking about connecting and and videos and I mean there is definitely artists that on their own with their with their music can come across the airwaves and connect with you definitely and then there's some artists that because maybe their music is a little bit similar uh, to other artists that maybe it kind of falls within the, uh, the mainstream that's out there, but their video will connect with you very much so. And I find that, especially with queer artists, there's a lot of them that are really trying to put a, a strong effort into, you know, normalizing their lifestyle and, the, and their, their world and their approach to music, but making sure that they're staying true to themselves. And I think that it connects with, especially with younger audiences, but just audiences in general, um, who have never seen that on film before. It's one thing to say, whether it's a, a black artist or a queer artist or uh, a, a trans artist, especially, it's one thing to know that their music, that they are that person. It's another thing when all of a sudden they put their life and, and their um, their world on film for you, because a lot of us haven't seen that before in music. So I think that that is something that uh, really resonates, that visibility. So for somebody and and who's a, a younger queer fan and a queer man, with music and and video and those artists that are out there how important is that to you and and what is it that you take away from when you see an artist and uh, you know I'll throw a Troy Savallon out there for uh, as an example who started um, his Blue Neighborhood album and it really was um, a section of just an ongoing story and he didn't hide 
he didn't hide who he was. But as somebody who was young and around that same age, how does that kind of visibility affect you? I just think uh, it's important to know that you can become that. And not just mean like that if you're always wanting to be famous when you're growing up or anything like that. But I think it's nice to know that those people exist in a public way. Because growing up when you're you know, 12, 13, and you're not seeing any queer people on TV or listening to them on the radio talking about the same gender pronouns in a song, you start to think, well, maybe I am not normal. Or mm-hmm. that you start to question that, like, why, why am I not on the radio? Why are people like me not as out there? And so when there's Troy Savans and Adam Lamberts and Sam Smiths that are, that are just so openly themselves and they kind of are more likely to sing about their relationships and whatnot, it's, it's so important to two young queers like myself to know that well, for starters, you're not alone. And it's yeah. just a, a message that is, uh, we're still struggling with for a lot of, a lot of kids are still struggling with it, especially if you grow up in like a, a smaller community or a Christian community, you just need that. Uh, you need to be exposed to it at some point. And if you're not, it's just, it, you kind of get into that. Am I even normal or is it yeah. like a completely new? Well, you, you begin to feel a little abnormal because you don't connect um, with what's out there. And when it finally does come along, I know for me, uh, it was kind of like, I, I think that there was an excitement, but it was almost kind of like, this can't be real. It was almost like it was over the top in how it was presented. And probably from, from my day and age, which was many <laughs> moons ago, um, it was because that was really the only way that I, I don't want to just say Hollywood, but Hollywood, the music industry, film industry, had to do with it. Um, if it was a queer subject matter, it was either an independent film that you only saw in a tiny theater somewhere um, where avant-garde folks were gathering to, you know, have things on display, or you got the birdcage. Um, if it was a movie, like it was either the over-the-top kind of sensationalism of it, or it was something that was just too much for the general public. Music was never like that. Music was a little bit more, camp has always been a part of, of music. So it was kind of like chalked up to that. That's kind of the, the style that it was. And then you turn a corner and, and we get to a point where just in this last year, and I think about, you know, what Troy Savan has done, Sam Smith, Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet has been like, and I talk about her all the time, uh, just simply because I just think that she's been a really big voice all around, um, whether it's for, you know, young black people, young queer people and women. Um, she's been such a huge voice. But then you throw into the equation uh, artists like King Princess, who blows my mind um, all over the place. And, uh, you know, Haley Kayoko, um, who is essentially how, how her fans uh, refer to as a lesbian Jesus, it's kind of great that these young artists don't have, and some of them I'm sure do, because I'm, I'm kind of tracking a lot of these young male artists who are kind of funneled into that electro pop or R&B mix that I think that it's maybe a little bit more difficult for them to find their own like path a bit, uh, because there is that where Haley Kayoko has come out and she's really talking about relationships with women. She's using um, female pronouns uh, to describe uh, relationships in her songs. Same with King Princess. And King Princess has been um, very forward. That's the word I guess you would use in terms of putting it out there that there needs to be more queer in music and there needs to be more representation. So you have these these artists that are 
that are out there and they're really kind of putting it out there. So from, from somebody who's again, the same kind of age as some of these artists, does that drive you to want to learn more about them or learn more about that music world? Or is it just that you're kind of like, this is cool. Um, and just, you're just kind of taking it in as you go. I think it's one of those things where you want to be supportive of your, your own people, which is a weird way to say that, but I, see what Haley's doing and I see what Troy's doing and I see these things I'm like I want to listen to them more because not only do I relate to them but I feel like they speak more it's almost more real to me because they're being so open so many artists are just putting out songs that are written by other people that aren't really true to themselves because they're trying to get a hit and I think that with these artists they're so to be open about your sexuality or your gender identity is a completely different type of vulnerability that you've never seen in music at all. And so for me, I, I want to get to know these artists more. I want to know their stories because it's almost a way to learn about other people's struggles, other people's, you know, growing how they grew up and whatnot. And I think that that's really an, an important part that you can get through music, but it's also a great way just to be learning about these issues. Peers of yours, your age and, and you know, classmates and that kind of thing, is it fair to say that they're a little, and I, I maybe, I mean, ignorant in in the sense of unknown. That they're unaware of how broad the the music community is for queer folks. Like that, as I said, as I was researching, I delve into these artists more and more and more. Keep coming out that I didn't know existed because they're essentially kind of buried out there. But is it safe to say that if they had to name a few? They could name maybe one or two. Yeah, I like. I always it always surprises me when one of my friends are talking about like an artist like years and years, and I'm just like, oh, you you know them? It and shocks like, you in a bit. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I thought that that was something only us queer people were really <laughs> caring about. And it's, we got the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. It's just it's funny because like when I'm talking about these artists, I'm like, oh, you probably don't know them, but there's this you know really cool artist, and they're like, oh no, I know that, and I'm like oh my goodness, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not the only one that knows this artist, which is so crazy that these, these some of these artists are actually going mainstream. It's, it's, it, it shocks me. It shocks me that I'm, you, you try to be as open and as uh, open-minded as possible and think that you're, that you're aware. And then you come along uh, and you find artists or, or music styles that we're so in tuned and ingrained to think that, our, our artists and our community have to be in these little kind of pockets and boxes. And then you come along and you discover entire communities of say queer hip hop. It boggles my mind that I would be somebody that would be surprised by that. But at the same time, because we don't see it, Frank Ocean can't be the only person out there who's experiencing something. Obviously we're not, you know, so closed off from things, but you just don't see it on the daily that when all of a sudden you, you come across folks and I recently came across quite a number of artists. Um, there's a, an artist Kyle uh, by the name of seven Taylor, real name Trayvon Taylor and, and bugs gutta. And they're part of um, groups called uh, you know, pink elephant, uh, pink gorilla, that kind of thing. And these are these groups that I think it was recently in South by Southwest um, the Pink Elephant uh, group had an entire queer hip hop night uh, dedicated uh, to, to artists and starting to see things like that. But it's not mainstream and it's not part of the regular festival circuit surprise you because you're not used to seeing it. 
so in one sense, it's exciting. And at the other part of it for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, it's kind of like it kind of gets my my gruff going. And I get a little uh, a little frustrated and annoyed that we're not seeing it more because I want access to that. And I don't know necessarily how to kind of go about doing it. It's kind of one of the reasons I started you know, Q Review is to dig into that and find these artists. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what your take is on that when you when you come across some of these artists and how it, if it surprises you or how it how it how it surprises you. I think uh, my me personally, I always feel like what is on the radio is so almost everybody's trying to fit into this mold, and what queer artists bring to the table is a fresh perspective. And so it always surprises me when I hear this this new artist or this new sound that they're bringing that nobody else is really bringing to pop music or whatever, whatever genre they're in. And I'm just like, well, why isn't anybody doing this? Why isn't this person more successful? Because they have something unique. They have something to say that nobody else has. And it just, it kind of makes me think like, is it because they're queer that they can't get this message out there? Or is it because we're not ready to hear their message? And it's like, Personally, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear it more. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think um, I was listening to a podcast from with Will Young in the UK, um, and he had Troy Sivan on it, and they were kind of talking a little bit about Troy. I, Troy was mentioning that I, I say Troy like I, I talk to him every day, um, <laughs> but he was mentioning about how there's no real queer. Beyonce or Rihanna at that level of stardom yet and in one in one respect it does take time to kind of get there and it does take time to break the mold of of radio and kind of what you're you were just talking about but in some respects I mean Sam Smith is probably one of our our biggest queer artists that are out there having you know won Grammys um Oscar uh and is is someone who's making a name for himself in a, in a very different kind of way, Janelle Monet as well. And, and we've mentioned, um, Haley Kayoko. And then you have artists like, I mean, Katy Perry, um, is a, is a good example. And Rita, Rita Ora, uh, another good example that they're, they're doing things in different ways and maybe they're not as outspoken about it. Um, but they're not necessarily deny it denying it either. But then you have a Troy Sivan who, and a Haley Kayoko who are very much, putting it out there. I think it challenges the mold and it makes us want to hear more. But at the same time, I think with mainstream music and, and radio, there is a bit, and he mentioned this on, on the thing is that maybe he's too gay. And I don't think that that's what it is. I think it's just that when you have somebody come along who isn't representing what you're so used to, it sometimes takes a little bit for folks to register what that means. And I mean, there's there's artists that are out there who Billie Eilish is a really a good example. So Billie Eilish is a, is an artist who's come along, who's re- really doing things differently her way, and it doesn't seem as though she's going about it in a way to kind of say, "Oh, I'm going to be different." It's just who she is, and it just happens to connect right now. So she's almost that kind of an artist where it's almost like a, a gateway two different and two bigger things that hopefully more of these younger artists that are challenging. Um, Brockhampton's another really good one. Reinterpreting the boy band. Um, Kevin Abstract uh, has new music himself coming out, but that project of, of Brockhampton has really brought together a different point of view of masculinity in R&B. So 
that's, that's my diatribe on that, I guess. But um, for yourself looking forward, who do you see coming out um, that you maybe haven't touched on yet who's probably rattling that cage a bit? Uh, in what way? Um, just, you know, challenging, challenging that kind of box or that mold that you were talking about. Who, who are the, the folks that you see that are, are attempting that? Well, I think there's a, a few that are, that are on the verge of kind of breaking free from the, the exclusivity of being queer and, and getting to that, that next level. And I think that that is those like Haley Kiyoko and maybe even Janelle Monet, who still, even though has had these Grammy nominations, hasn't really had mainstream success. She's yeah. known more as kind of like a, a niche market uh, uh, for her music. But I think then there's like these artists like uh, Jordy, who's yeah. putting out really great pop music, who I can't even tell the difference between his like his type of music to somebody like like Troy Sivan, who's a little bit bigger and is getting radio play. And I think that that's where we're at right now is just trying to find these people that can either blend in and be themselves or the people like Billie Eilish and they can just uh, find their own way. And I think that's where Haley Kyoko comes in because she's coming with these, with untraditional ways of doing it. Like she's directing her own music videos, writing her own music. She's acting in her music videos. She's showing off all these different sides of her where uh, some artists just get so stuck in a kind of like a hole of while you're a singer. So yeah, kind of just stay there while you're a songwriter. So but I need Kitchen you to write. Like just kind yeah, of like, and know your place. Yeah, and I think that there's these artists that are just kind of like, well, if you want me on your label, you're going to let me do my thing. And that those are the people that are going to change not just uh, the future, but I think they're going to change it for the people like the older artists that are still stuck in that, well, I want you to sing this song, and I want you to do this one. And it's kind of like, I think of Camila Cabello, who released Crying in the Club because her label was basically like, you have to, this is a Sia written song. It's a certified hit. And she was like, I don't want to, but they kind of pushed her into it. And then she wrote her own song, Havana. And that's what actually was successful because it was true to herself. And I think that it's these artists that are kind of having to push the mold that are giving the artists that are already established the, the chance to be more creative. Think of like Beyonce. How long did it take for her to kind of actually be like, wait, I'm going to put out an album that's me unless about the radio play and less about being successful. And that's when she actually became Beyonce, like yeah. the, the, the person that everybody loves. I think anybody who, who knows Beyonce and, and, and follows her would also agree that, you know, in her earliest part of her career, she would never have been able to get Lemonade off the ground. She would have had to fight for it, but it's undeniable that Lemonade is one of you know, the best albums that's been out there in, in the last 10 years. It's it's such a strong album, and it, it shows her as a real artist. Moving right along, give us your top five. Who, who are you listening to? Well, I think the, the obvious is Ariana Grande. I think everybody's listening to her right now. Whether you want to or not, she is literally a staple on radio right now with, like, eight singles, is it? Something, something, like, something that. like that. And I, I, I often say there needs to be a seven rings challenge because um, it's a difficult song to get all the words down to. I try bit by bit every day. <laughs> yes, and now there's the new one, Monopoly, huh? Yeah, so, and that's come out. So who else? I think Ava Max is really interesting right now, and along with her, uh, Dua Lipa. Those are two artists that are really, like, they're coming up in the world. They're, they're new pop stars, and I think they have something interesting to say where it's not just the same generic pop song it's like a that they have stories to tell right uh also i think that 
people need to kind of look at people like Haley Stanfeld, who I absolutely love. Uh, she's right now kind of in between, but she's a, a well-known actress more than anything. But she's uh, Oscar-nominated. Oscar-nominated, that's right. And she was in the Bumble movie. Bumble Bumblebee, Bee, sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that was a, a huge success. And she's just she's more known for her acting, but her music right now is something that I've kind of been watching. We picked up on, and by we, I mean me, picked up on um, when she put out Colors uh, with uh, Mnek. Uh, which is uh, which, which was really interesting. He's such a diverse artist, um, and to have Haley Steinfeld is somebody who is definitely up and coming, and she's really interesting. You know, between the Pitch Perfects and uh, her own stuff, plus um, you know the movies like Bumblebee and and you know other uh, movies that she's done, she has had this really interesting kind of up and down, not down in terms of its uh, uh, failure, but just movement in between different genres of, of film and also uh, her music. And then to land with an, an artist like M. Neck and, and to kind of do colors together, it was, a, it was a great opportunity for him as an artist, but I also think it opened her up to a completely different world of of listeners uh which was really good so um i it's not that i don't listen to Haley steinfeld it's just that i ended up listening to more of her because of her collaboration with emnick yeah and that song is probably one of her best she's put out absolutely it's, it's it's really a different look for her and i think it's it's important for her career yeah for sure uh also i've i gotta you know i gotta mention my girl j-lo of course if I didn't, would I even be me? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you would you would be you, but not you with JLo who follows you on Twitter. Yes, um, keep saying that. Yes, and it's you know, and and she is an artist too that um, very iconic. Somebody who rose through the ranks, very much uh, created her own path, and came from the dance world, the music world, moved into film, became a very accomplished actress, and then became a firecracker of uh, a musician and, and, and musical artist to the point where now she is that, that level of icon of, of entertainment uh, or entertainer who it's not about what she has to do. It's about what she wants to do. And you really see her, the artist come out of her and the person where before, you know, JLo, that tag, um, you know, not Jennifer Lopez, but JLo, she took stick um, back in, in the day for, for some movies and, and the Ben Affleck relationship and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it's a level of success that she's reached where that's all in the past. Um, and whoever was throwing daggers at her at that point in time are, are probably eating a bit of crow at this point because, again, she doesn't need to do any of this. She didn't need to do American Idol. She doesn't need to do World of Dance. Um, she has so many things that are going on but she wants to because she believes in it and you get to see her as the person now. Yeah. And I think it's super important that we see these titled divas become more real because we, we think of them as these, they're always asking for something. They're always demanding. And, and it's nice to see them kind of come back down to earth and be like, Oh, these are still real humans with real emotions, with real passions. And they're still putting out work that they believe in and that, they're nervous to put out there. Like, it's not like she's putting it out there and it's like, well, people are going to like it because I'm JLo. It's, I hope people like this and see my, my legacy through it. It's a little bit of, um, 
her giving back in a way, um, when you have somebody at that level who goes on, again, with she doesn't have to do World of Dance, but she believes in dance and she believes in um, uh, the life of a dancer and the success of a dancer. So for her, just like Jason Derulo, when he went on, um, so you think he can dance, uh, Jennifer Lopez being part of World of Dance gets to help those dancers get a spotlight, get noticed, be able to be seen. She's finding them from the streets. I think that's important because she knows what that trajectory looks like coming from a world that's maybe underrepresented or underappreciated at times to try to, you know, work your way through all the entertainment madness to actually establish yourself. So that's, I, I look at it that way where it's not just like, Oh, she needs something to do, or she's got a flight of fancy. It's like, she knows what that looks like. So she's kind of, she's giving back to those, those artists. She knows the hustle of a dance. Absolutely. Because dancers, they, it, there's not work. Like there is musicians. They don't have their, they can't have a song on the radio or a, you know, a movie or, you know, for an actor, it's just, you just, you're just the background. Yeah. And so a lot of dancers don't have the income to sustain themselves with world of dance. You're, you're winning a million dollars. Yeah. And she was that, that dancer who was homeless, you know, dancing in the, the streets. And then now all of a sudden she's this icon, as you said, and it's, it's her way of saying like, I know that hustle, I know that struggle and I want to make it better for you because I remember what it was like when it, when I was younger. I feel like we may have to do an entire episode on Jennifer Lopez. I'm down. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, so was that your top five? Yeah, that was top yeah, five. Yeah, that was top five. Matt, thank you for being here with us, and thank you for joining us on our lovely little uh, podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you're still doing some writing for us, yes? Definitely. This is good. Um, uh, we, we, we need to pump out the, the reviews. And um, we'll have you back for sure. everyone it is that time of the episode for the q2 and our video of the week um q2 starting this week we are going to talk about jacob from the bible from jake wesley rogers of nashville jake's uh, full ep a spiritual just came out and uh, the first single off that ep is jacob from the bible it's a deeply personal song a beautiful arrangement uh, jake wesley rogers has one of those voices that kind of just draws you in and, and leaves you wanting so much more um, to hear from him. He's uh, he's a fantastic artist, and uh, Jacob from the Bible, I think, is his next step in the evolution of who he is as an artist, and I think it's a, it's a true statement piece. Our second Q2 this week comes from Australia and by, from an artist by the name of G-Flip, uh, born Giorgio Filippo, a very talented singer, songwriter, and producer out of Melbourne, and her single is Drink Too Much. Very fun. Um, it's, it's just kind of one of those pop tunes, uh, that's very smart, very catchy. Um, but you can kind of see yourself driving down the highway, cruising down the highway in the sun and listening to this song. It's a great bop. Our video of the week comes from uh, Canadian Wonder Kids, uh, Cave Boy. Uh, the video is directed by D.W. Watterson. And for some of those who 
you may know who DW is. Um, she goes by the the name Hey DW when she's DJing um, and she's mixing. She's a live performance uh, DJ, but she's also um, a filmographer and, and director. And she directed this video and did a fantastic job. This is a really neat video. If anybody remembers um, Eric Pride, Call on Me. It's kind of a, a similar thing, very kind of retro feel to it. All I will say is. Um, Hot yoga can will never be the same again. Uh, it's a it's a great video. It's a lot of fun, and uh, without being overt, it's incredibly sexy, but very tongue in cheek. And uh, Cave Boy have smashed it out with song and video, so they're getting our video of the week. Want to know more about upcoming uh, artists and releases? Find out more about who's making music out there. Uh, we invite you to stop by our website at www.qreview.ca. We leave you today with more Corey Stewart. This is seven different sides from an earlier EP of his, and you can find Corey online at CoreyJStewart.com and on Instagram and Twitter at CoreyJStewart. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Ciao for now. I can move till my heart messes different sides of me. I can make myself like your Seven different sides of me I might wanna make plans for two Seven different sides of me I can't keep this up for you For now, love's on hold Even if it's left for cold